0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we are here on a first ever forfeit edition of the pod. We want to welcome back one of our best guests and one of the most trusted voices on both the Big East and Providence and longtime reporter Kevin McNamara. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin McNamara 33 and at his website, Kevin Mac Sports. Kevin, both of us, we have no plans tonight now.
1: It's not the Worst thing in the world, Bobby, you know, uh, it's uh, Christmas time. I just celebrated a birthday and oh, uh, I my shopping's not my shopping's not all done. So now I get a few extra hours to have some
0: fun. So, yes, I would I would definitely agree with that. So like in life, it seems like most people don't really kind of pay attention to something until it sort of really affects them. And if you're a Georgetown fan, Providence fan, and you've been seeing some of these forfeits with Seton Hall to Paul twice you're thinking oh that's that's you know kind of a bummer rule it's crummy but hasn't affected me yet you know I was out yesterday my son's off of uh, school so we're walking the dogs all these texts can you confirm the game's off I checked your Twitter real quick I saw you had it that was good enough for me um can you kind of take us back to the beginning and sort of what this rule is and what you think it was hoping to accomplish
1: yeah so I would say the athletic directors got together uh, in the summertime and established uh, this forfeit rule. And it's the same rule that's in effect that the ACC, the Big 12, I'm not quite sure how many others, but I know those, those three leagues anyways. And basically, it was a push to make sure as much as of your athletic department was vaccinated. You know, at the time, if you think about it, the vaccine w- w- was out, uh, but maybe a lot of young people were not double-vaxxed. Uh, I think the big East and, and all these leagues want, wanted to be as foolproof as they could with the vaccine. And now, you know, now it's December. Certainly I would imagine. Well, th- certainly everyone has had the chance to not only get two vaccine shots, but to get a booster. Uh, we still hear of some teams that are not fully vaccinated. I know that's the case at Seton hall, uh, that that's caused some consternation around the league because again, this rule was put in for that reason. Seton Hall is not in compliance with that uh, that deal. I don't know what the story is with DePaul. I've heard that they're fully vaxed. Uh, I don't know what the story is with Georgetown. I know that Providence is fully vaxed uh, and you know hasn't run into any issues. But you know, this is a long answer to your question. But with Omicron, I think we know that you can be fully vaxxed and boosted and still. Uh, pop a positive test um, so clearly the Big East and all of these leagues I know are, are in discussions right now uh, about changing the rules simple as that on the fly
0: yeah so just to let you know so for Georgetown all the students to be on campus have to be vaccinated so you know the fact that Georgetown was the one that triggered the game getting canceled tonight or I guess yeah just getting canceled um, you know They've got to be compliant because based on what they've got going on there. Now, what is it that triggers it? So, you know, I do some AP stuff. Um, I cover the Wizards. For the NBA, you got to have eight guys that can play. Now, obviously, they're changing their rules every second. I saw just earlier today, Joe Johnson got, you know, picked up by, by the Celtics, which is near and dear to where you are. So what is it yep. that triggers it? So if Georgetown, they're getting ready to go to Providence, you know, maybe yesterday, they all do a testing Like what's actually happening? Like there's some biggies mandated testing. And then if one kid pops, they can't play. Like what is the level?
1: Yeah. So uh, back to your statement that uh, all Georgetown kids are um, vaccinated because they have to be on campus. There are exceptions to that. Uh, Religious rules. um, You know, you, you can cite. You know, some things to get accepted. Now, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, that is the case with Georgetown's players, but uh, that is the case with some Seton Hall kids. Okay. And uh, so it's it's not it's not as hard and fast as you would imagine. So uh, that's a. Uh, B. Uh, the answer is I don't know. I I know that the in the NBA you have to have eight players. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Big East in college basketball, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, my guess, like Syracuse, I noticed um, had to they couldn't play against Cornell. Uh, I saw Jim Beheim said on his show the other day that uh, of the 20 managers, coaches, players, 14 had positive tests, 14 out of 20. So I I think really that's probably what's happening is, you know, I don't know how many positive tests Georgetown came through, but it's probably more than one. And because these guys are all together, you know, they're in their locker room. It's highly, highly transmissible. It looks like Omicron is – more transmissible than, than any of the strains that we've seen so far. That said, if, if you're asymptomatic and you have a positive test, uh, w- w- I think society as a whole, forget about sports, needs to be able to still go, hot, go ahead and function. I, I don't know what the parameters are for Big East basketball, however.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to lie. So Syracuse's last game was at Georgetown, and mm-hmm. I do a little bit of everything. I hadn't been in a locker room of any sort since Wizards, March, 2020. And after the game, you know, Georgetown brought their players in, Coach Ewing, Beheim came in, the room that you're very familiar with when you usually have been able to come down to games. Sure. And then Syracuse just opened up their locker room.
1: Really? I that's went in. Very, that's very surprising.
0: I wow. I mean, I, I wasn't the only one that went in, but I looked at it as, you know, i I'm, I've got my two shots. I've got my booster. I'm wearing my mask. They're allowing it. I went in, you know, and I thought it was odd. I thought it was weird, you know, but it was at the same time, you know, it was, you know, they get covered like a professional team. There was a lot of people there and we went in there, talked to, you know, Gerard, talked to uh, buddy and um, next yeah. thing you know, they shut down. Um, so I don't know. It's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I know that I think, I think you saw it. The idea that you've got DePaul, who having probably one of their best years in a long time, right? I mean, it's unfortunate. DePaul's had to do have you know two forfeits. Their athletic director came out on Twitter and you know had it had a problem with it. Do you think we're going to see the ads get together and say, "Hey, look, we gotta we gotta make a, a rule that makes a little bit more sense," particularly with trying to reschedule and maybe with what triggers a cancellation?
1: I, I do, uh, Bob. Again, I, I think this rule was uh, put in effect. To prevent against teams showing up unvaccinated, if uh, if we know that there are fully vaccinated teams uh, popping tests and forfeiting games, that, that that's not what this rule was supposed to you know and uh, you know go against. So I know that in the, in the other leagues they've already had discussions about uh, modifications. I I can guarantee you the Big East are looking at the same things because now we have three teams affected did multiple forfeited games. Uh, my guess is over the next week, we're going to see uh, another team pop because it's just a matter of time. Uh, it, it, interestingly, um, last year, several teams did not have their players go home for Christmas. Every coach I spoke to said they really regret that, uh, led to you know some uh, mental strain, uh, if not depression, on an wow. awful lot of uh, young men. Uh, they're letting their kids go home for christmas this year now could that lead to some more positive tests when they come back absolutely but guess what we're gonna have to deal with it. it it is what it
0: is do you think i'm being is is this a hot take from bobby over here if i say under the current rules that they've decided to go with if they don't change them the season's gonna just not really happen like anyone wants
1: well, I guess you'd have to put some parameters around that. If you tell me that there's uh, uh, four teams and nine, eight games uh, that are forfeited, that doesn't ruin the Big East season. Right. Um, and I think we could probably deal with that a little bit. That said, you know, if you if you and I sat down for three minutes, we could probably come up with four dates where Georgetown could come up and play Providence between now and March. And, and, and that's basically what's going to have to happen. Uh, if you remember last year, there were games being canceled and rescheduled on the fly, uh, different opponents, different days. Uh, did it throw TV upside down? It sure did. Uh, is is it? Will it? Will the TV be happy with that? No. Will fans of the Hoyas and the Friars be happy with that? You know, you, you spend you know hundred bucks for a really good seat. And it's not on Wednesday. It's on uh, Monday the following. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's different. Uh, we didn't have fans last year. We didn't have to worry about that. We have to worry about it this year, but I can tell you right now, a, a team like Providence, a school like Providence, they really, they really rely on their 18, 19 home games. I can tell you that the Georgetown game was going to be probably a sellout because Providence is in the top 25 for the first time in five years. So uh, they want that game back just as much as Georgetown does.
0: I promise I'll try and stop talking about COVID and uh, the variant and everything, but one more thing, and let's talk about some actual basketball that's happened since we've had a lot of the, you know, you just mentioned Providence is ranked. Everything's going well. Um, you know, last year Georgetown played all their games on campus at McDonough. Um, I'm going to, I don't know the name of where, where Providence was playing, but do you think we might see any, any of that going on? Like as far as to get the games in, they have to kind of go back to last year playing these smaller arenas just, just to get it accomplished.
1: I don't. Okay. I, I, I just, I, Good. I, I can't get in my head around that. Uh, okay. I, again, we have vaccines, we have boosters, we know so much more than we knew last December. I, I think that would be a, a very weak cop-out by athletic departments to, to go back to that. I, now, can we reduce the number of fans? Can we have fans not sitting on the floor, not sitting near the benches? Absolutely. I mean, there's things that you can do uh, right now. Uh, Providence opened their season. There was no restrictions on, on masking or, uh, or vaccination cards, none, zero that they, they played before 12,000, almost 13,000 people when uh, Rhode Island came in. Um, that's going to change going forward. You know, there will be a mask mandate at the Dunkin' Donut center. I think it needs to be, be stronger. Uh, I turn on, you know, games every night and, and I see, you know, people around the country not even wearing a mask uh, watching college basketball. I just don't I, I don't understand that. I mean, how about like basics, a little bit of And you don't have to come if you don't want to wear a mask. You don't sure. have to come. It's no yeah. Big deal. But so I, I, I do think that going forward, you know, there has to be some restrictions with the crowds. But to, to go to zero, I think it would be just foolhardy and, you know, fi- financially devastating. There's no two ways about that.
0: So I'm talking to Kevin McNamara from Kevin McNamara or Kevin Mac sports. You can find them on Twitter at Kevin McNamara, 33. Now, like you just mentioned, Providence is back into the top 25 for the first time in a while. I think it's been five years looking at their schedule. I mean, you know, you got the one L to Virginia, 11 and one, one and zero in the conference. Well, I guess two and zero in the conference. We'll, we'll see what happens with the uh, Georgetown result if that stays, but you know, winning at Wisconsin, OK, you know, beating Rhode Island. And for me, you know, from basically looking at what Connecticut, you know, them coming back to the league, I always thought was probably a bad thing for Providence to get that first win at Connecticut to go 1-0 in the league. Can of tell us what's going on with with Providence? I know you guys are one of the teams that pretty much brought everyone back except for uh, David Duke, Jr.,
1: yeah, no, it's it's certainly a very good start for Ed Cooley's team. They've, they've played an interesting schedule, uh, you know, some difficult games uh, and then some weaker games. And I I think I've used them all to continue to get better. They're clearly uh, better week by week. They're a veteran team. There's so many veteran teams in college basketball. One of the few that's not his Georgetown. Correct. Providence is. Got, got, got some six-year players, uh, got some super seniors, uh, and, and have you know guys like A.J. Reeves, who have basically started for four years. Uh, they also welcomed, welcomed in two instant transfers uh, starters. Uh, Al Durham was a two-time captain at Indiana, scored over 1,000 points in the Big Ten. Uh, he's a very good player. He, he was an under-the-radar transfer. How Mike Woodson ever let him leave Bloomington is beyond me. He's, he's a good player. And uh, Justin Minaya was a four-year player at South Carolina. So, you know, an SEC player, a Big Ten player, uh, they're, you know, they're, 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 they'll be in the game at the end, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. But uh, they went out to Wisconsin. They played Wisconsin without their best player, uh, but still won out there before 15,000 people. Uh, they beat Northwestern, so another Big Ten win. They beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech is good. I, I watched them a few times. Subsequently, they gave Gonzaga a pretty good push. They beat Tennessee. Uh, that kind of opened people's eyes a little bit. That was at home and then uh, beat Rhode Island. Uh, and then the Connecticut game, you know, uh, Sunogo did not play against Providence, certainly a huge loss for the Huskies. Uh, but I, I I, don't see Connecticut as significantly better than Providence. They're, they're two evenly matched teams. Uh, I think they'll both be in the top five in the league going forward. But, um, you know, so Providence, I, I think, is going to be a factor. Anyone who didn't think they were going to be a factor just hasn't paid attention to what the roster was and what Ed Cooley, you know, has done in his time at Providence. So it's a deep leak. Can Providence be, you know, as low as seven and as high as two? Yeah. Uh, I I think it's a pretty wide open leak.
0: Yeah, it definitely looks that way. And it looks like it's a bit of a bounce back, you know, year, obviously last year was just so weird and just everything that happened. But part of that was, you know, the league did get four teams into the tournament. That's only because (laughs) Georgetown Hoyas came out of nowhere and basically stole a bid from someone else, right? Not someone in the league. Yeah. Nah, right. may, maybe Seton Hall, I guess. I, I suppose, you know, uh, the Pirates sort of faded at the end. But the only way that the league got four teams in was Georgetown getting that automatic bid to go along with uh, Villanova, Creighton, and Connecticut. You know, I, obviously, it's super early and all that stuff. Yeah. Providence is, you know, probably performing better than than people thought. But I've seen a lot of the early early bracketology guys. Which what a what a great job if you can get it. But I'm (laughs) I'm looking at you know six or seven teams in the league. Do you think that's something that's kind of realistic? Uh, Yeah, I guess it's realistic.
1: But you're right; it's it's completely meaningless right now. (laughs) It's it's it's, if it's off a third of the season. So yeah, a, a third of the way through the season, the Big East has performed really, really well. There's no two ways about it, and. You know, you have to perform well in the non-conference because this is a league where, you know, you go 10 and 10 in this league, you're in the NCAA tournament. It, it, it's that good of a league. Yeah. Now, if you have nothing to show in the non-conference and are 10 and 10 in the Big East, uh, you, you better have beaten some of the better teams. But, you know, you give Providence, you give uh, Seton Hall, you give Connecticut, uh, Xavier, Villanova, 10 and 10, they're, they're in. I mean, it's just a question of seeding after that. That it. Find ten wins in this league right now. I mean, uh, you know, any road game is going to be really hard, and uh, you know, protecting your home court, you know, like the coaches say, is is just paramount in a league like this. It's uh, I'm impressed, and I I will say back to your original point. Last, what what people forget is that leagues go uh, almost year to year. How much praise did the Big Ten get last year? And I don't know how many teams they got in. Way too many, because as soon as they get you know into the tournament. A third of them lose, but they had a veteran, veteran group. The Big East was not as many veterans last year. This year, they have an awful lot of veteran teams. Uh, They've done very well in the transfer game. The transfer game is is more important than the recruiting game right now. If you can get good transfer, it really is. And uh, Georgetown's a good example. Last couple of years, Georgetown wouldn't win any games if they didn't have transfers. They had pretty good transfers last year. So, um, you know, teams like Providence, teams like Xavier, uh, they've really benefited from the transfer game this year.
0: They have, no, and Georgetown's got a kid this year, Caden Rice, that was at the Citadel that just hit, you know, he he's played, I think, eight or nine games for the Hoyas ever, and he's got the all-time single-game three-point mark. He hit 10 for 12 against UMBC. Um, you know, this is a Georgetown pod. <clears throat> you did, <clears throat> excuse me, you did make a uh, mention, I was going to ask you, this is two years in a row now that Georgetown hasn't made it up to providence i mean how big of a blow is that for the fans i think of it as being a pretty big historical rivalry then when you throw in john thompson's connection i would think that this is a pretty big loss for the for the providence home schedule
1: yeah i would say you know georgetown you know obviously i have, haven't been a you know a, a big time team the last you know seven eight years but right. uh, certainly there's a lot of Georgetown grads in this area. I know quite a few of them. I know someone actually was flying up from Florida. So his mom lives in Providence. He was going to fly in early for Christmas and take some friends to the Georgetown game, uh, the, the Georgetown Providence game. He was, he, he's upset. <laughs> he's really upset. Uh, so there's certainly a, a core Georgetown, you know, fans and obviously everyone, everyone in Boston, who's a Georgetown grad, knows the number of BC. So they come down to Providence to, watch the game so there's always a coup but but really I think the crowd would have been very strong on Wednesday nights simply because of the Friars uh, they've drawn well okay and uh, again that the, the the bounce from getting in the top 25 can only help that front I would think
0: now you mentioned Georgetown the last couple of years has done good with transfers and I mentioned Caden Rice as, as being one that's really helped this year but you know it's kind of this year's class or focus on the team is probably freshmen. I don't know have you had a chance to look at Aminu Muhammad He's split the uh, weekly awards so far with uh, Creighton's um, good freshman and is it Ryan Nebhart? Um, have you had a chance to look at Aminu Muhammad? It looks like he's going to be a pro at some point. The fans here are hoping that it's not just one year where he's going to be a pro, and they've also got Ryan Matumbo, who, uh, needless to say, I think you know who that is.
1: Yeah, no, I have watched Georgetown. I saw the uh, end of the Dartmouth game, which was obviously disappointing. Oh, I Kevin,
0: why are we? Why would we talk about that?
1: I don't know. That's that's kind of <laughs> how I am. I I, 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 saw a South Carolina game and I sort of, uh, the majority of the Syracuse game. So, uh, seen a little bit of all, um, I'm very curious to see how Muhammad, who obviously is, is a pro, you know, prospect, how he performs in the big East, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. a night in night out, the physical pounding that you're, you know, you certainly appreciate after watching this league so many years, uh, that that's a different level. And, and to be the go-to guy, and, and I, I do think Rice and Carey are probably there, uh, and Dante Harris are probably more their, their um, go-to guys just as much as Muhammad. Uh, I'll be curious who's kind of carrying that load for Patrick going forward. Uh, re- I, I, I like Mah- uh, Mutambo. I haven't seen enough of him, in all honesty. Um, and uh, you know, th- they really, really could use you know some more size. The guy who I, I really loved, and I was kind of surprised that he was uh, leaving was was the one-year transfer they had last year, the rebounder. Uh,
0: Bile. Very good rebounder. I'm sorry? Are you talking about, about Chudier Bile, or are you talking about their center, yes. the sophomore center, Kudus Wahab, that went to Maryland? Well, certainly Wahab is,
1: is a devastating loss. But, no, the other guy, uh, Chudus, I I liked him a lot. I didn't realize he was a one, uh, one-year one guy.
0: Yeah. As a transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Belay kind of came on there at the end. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They wouldn't have won that big East tournament with all the guys, but you know, Belay was, you know, Georgetown had like a three week COVID break, which, you know, obviously they missed the Providence game and, B.L.A. came back just a completely different player was like, wow, you know, Patrick said, you know, where the hell's this guy been based on one of our uh, many uh, Zoom calls, you know, joking with him, Just this is the guy I was recruiting. I took you long enough to get here. So he ended up being a force. You know, he had he had kind of been a he had he'd been to a bunch of different schools. So I think he's I think he's playing pro somewhere. He he did some, you know, the the NBA Summer League circuit. But I don't believe he's in the G League right now. But he would have been one of those guys when you look around the league. It seemed like you know you guys got Watson back. You know other players. You know other. There's so many fifth year guys in the league. You know Georgetown could have used just one.
1: Yes, and you know you put him for example. Obviously Wahab is a difference maker, but you put Belay in there next to Mutombo, next to Muhammad. Uh, you know it, it just settles the younger guys down. He's more dependable. Uh, that that you know athletic man type body. Oh yeah. That uh, y- you need multiple guys like that in the Big East. You know it's, it's just so, it's such a physical. You know, Lee, I I watched uh, Marquette last night and Connecticut. We know how Connecticut plays, but, you know, Marquette's taken some losses this year. They played very hard for, uh, for, for Shaka Smart. And, uh, you know, they bring in guys off the bench. I'm like, who is that guy? And he's big, strong, you know, athletic guys. You need a, you just need an awful lot of those guys in a league. like the Big East to compete.
0: No, you're right. Now, Kevin, I promised I was done with the COVID, but I think I want to end on one more thing. I want to thank you so much for coming on, but, this idea that everyone, I think, is hoping, and you've you've talked about it earlier, that we might see a change in the rules of the Big East. For the fans out there, is there any sort of timeline that you would think would be, if they don't make a change by a certain date, this is just the way it's going to stay?
1: Yeah, I, I would say because, you know, we're coming up around Christmas in, in a couple of days, I, I don't expect anything uh, instantly. I, I'd say maybe uh, they'll probably wait and see what happens with the games between Christmas and new year's. Pretty much everyone has one or two games there as well. Um, you know, we'll see how bad things get. It's as simple as that. Again, if it's only three teams and it's only, I don't know how many games have been forfeited so far Four. Four. Uh, that, that's not bad. Uh, but if it gets any worse, it's just not fair. If, if my team is fully vaccinated, fully boosted, and I'm forfeiting games, uh, obviously, we have a problem that was that was not seen when we created that rule in the summertime.
0: You know, I think you described my parenting uh, philosophy. Let's just see how bad things get before we make a change sometimes. <laughs> I think that's kind of...
1: Well, it's funny. I have a radio show down here, and uh, we, we, we're talking about this and, and the different leagues. And I, I think the, the one word that's important, and it has been important for a year and a half unfortunately, going to be important going forward is flexibility. You got to have some flexibility. You can't make hard and fast rules. Look what the NFL's done. You know, we all follow the NFL. Usually they make stupid changes. They've been flexible in a positive way now where if you're vaccinated and you test positive, uh, you don't have to wait a full five days. If if you have a couple of negative tests, you can get back in the field. Asymptomatic. Yeah, we need to keep living if we're asymptomatic. It's as simple as that. And uh, hopefully that's the case and uh, we don't have. Many uh, Big East basketball players getting ill. That, that's what it's all about. You gotta keep everybody healthy.
0: Yeah, and I hope that you stay healthy. I hope that we have at least two Georgetown Providence games to actually talk about at some point this season. Right now it's one, maybe it'll be two, maybe it'll even be three. But I hope they can get that sorted out. I want to thank everyone for listening to Kente Corner and for Kevin McNamara for coming on again. I think you've been on three or four times. If you're not following Kevin on Twitter or going to his website and subscribing, you should be doing so if you're a fan of the Big East. Kevin, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I hope to talk to you soon.
1: Same to you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you.